fella, Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith. To be able to live as you do. And to have that swell Miss Liberty gal carrying the torch for you. You're a lucky fellow, Mr. Smith. Look around you if you want a prize. You should thank your lucky stars, and I mean thank all 50 in your flag. All right, welcome to a special 4th of July episode of Frankly Drinking. I'm your host, Lawrence. And I'm Luke. And this thing is blowing up. <laughs> like fireworks, baby. You're lucky. Oh, yeah. You're lucky, Mr. Smith, quote unquote. You're and a lucky you got fella. A new, brand new episode of Frankly Drinking for your Fourth of July weekend, and we haven't uh, we haven't been here for a while. We've yeah. uh, we've taken a little break, and yep. uh, we're back. We 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 are back, and we're back for the big Independence Day celebration for America. America. Another birthday for America, and here we That's are. Right. What, what where, where are we at? What's our what's our age? Where are we? Uh, well, 1776 and 2020. Uh, I, just, I can't you know, do the math. The math. Uh, 20 uh, plus. Uh, God, God. Uh, uh, let's, let's take a calculator out for that one. Uh, 1976. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what birthday of America uh, is we're this? We're 13. We're 13 years old. 13. Nah, that you're you're really doing you're doing the you're doing the math wrong. Oh, no, there, no, we're 100. For sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Now we had a little different introductory music today. Yeah. Uh, for this show, for today's show, we we uh, we we normally have, uh, you know, our normal track there. But we we wanted to give you what for the Fourth of July. We wanted to we normally give you three tracks, but for the Fourth, we wanted to give you four tracks. Four. Four. Four tracks. Let's celebrate America. Let's go big to celebrate. America and let's do we'll do four songs and the first song you heard a little bit of that you're a lucky fellow Mr. Smith how about that Larry oh cue fireworks sound effects <laughs> yeah oh yeah let's put some of those in there yeah um yeah so this is um this was quite a quite a good quite a good song wanted to wanted to share that with you um what's that what album's this on you know that that song um was recorded uh, for the 1964 album um, with the Fred Waring, uh, Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians, and Bing Crosby, and it's called "I Hear America Singing." Yeah, and it it is a it's a great record. Like I said, it was done in '64. It's it's a bit of a um, it's a bit of a response to um, a. a, a a dark moment, um, the the assassination of President Kennedy. Oh, that's right, the same in, year. Okay, in, right. in 1963. I was going to ask what the background was. And so Frank um, wanted to do a really patriotic album, and he he brought in his um, his his friend, and you know, in a way, inspiration, Cros- Bing Crosby, someone he looked up to uh, before he became uh, a recording artist. Crosby had already made it by then, and and Sinatra wanted to be Crosby uh, when he was when he was coming up, and then he got to work with Bing um, quite a few times, and 
this was one of those times. They collaborated on this record. They got um, Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians. That's I don't the, know who Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians are, by the way. That's I, the I, chorus. That's the chorus that you sure. heard. But, um, yeah. but does Fred sing? No, 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 oh, no. He's the no. conductor. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. his. It's his group of. It's his group of uh, singers. The right. those, okay. The Pennsylvanians. Yeah. That you heard. That's why I there. assumed, but I just didn't know if he was actually singing as uh, part of that. Um, no, I because that no, was I that era where you had guys just waving their hands and directing choral groups, and they were a name unto themselves, but they didn't actually sing, which is pretty. Uh, I want that job. I want that gig. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah. So um, that was uh, the song. Uh, You're a lucky fellow, Mr. Smith. Uh, was written in 1941, uh, lyrics by Don Range, music by Sonny Burke, and um, uh, yeah, Sonny Burke. And then it was it was put out in the film Buck Privates in 1941, and then Frank Frank did this uh, version, like I said, in 1964. Um, it was arranged by Dick Reynolds and Jack Halloran. Um, for that for that recording, and yeah, it was fun. So, yeah, yeah there's great... a lot of there's a lot of. I don't think this is a novelty record by any means, but there's there's definitely a lot of novelty type albums you see when you're digging in vinyl crates mm-hmm. at record stores. Yeah, and you know, Walt Disney did a patriotic record. Uh, you know, they did Halloween records, they did seasonal records. So this makes sense, given that you just said that he did this because of that year, because that was such a downer. That was such a horrible moment in this country's history uh i had no idea until you until you brought that up i mean i just thought this was it's it's hard to find on itunes because you have to search for frank sinatra and the bing crosby together Mm. an artist to find it because it's not categorized as part of his discography or something Mm -hmm. anyway but basically it seems like um it makes sense that 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 would be the impetus to 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 make a, a full album versus just a single you know yeah yeah and and i think it brings up an interesting point because um in in all the music that we're going to we're going to talk about and um you know i i love this country you love this country we're yes. so proud we're proud to be americans and and we we love what this country um at its best stands for and what it has stood for um all these years but that doesn't mean that we have any illusion that our country is perfect. Um, right. The you know the founders themselves, they set out their their aspiration was to build a more perfect union, and that's what that's what we that's what everyone wants. That's what we want. Um, but certainly, I mean, there's. Frank said it pretty well, and I couldn't find this clip. It's from a concert, Larry. But Frank said it pretty well in concert. He was talking about America, and he said, you know, this is a country that's had our troubles, that's had our had our challenges, had our ups and downs that we've overcome. And we're going to have more challenges. We're going to have more problems. We're going to have more challenges. We're going to overcome those too. And I, I think, to me, that's I keep thinking about that um, because certainly this is a this is a time where 
we, we've got some challenges to work out and, and some things that we can, we can become a more perfect union. Um, we can get better in the yeah. way we, we handle race, the way we handle diversity, the way we handle police power in this country. I mean, pandemics. We, we, pandemics. I mean, we know there's obviously there's a lot of great cops in this country. Yeah, um, absolutely. But, but we, there's, there's definitely, definitely room for improvement. And, and, and that's, yeah. that's what we want. That's what yeah. we want to, we want union, want to keep unity, union being the key word there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, I'll drink to that. I've, I've, uh, we're going to keep talking in that vein, but I, I, I poured us a special uh, selection to kind of heap on the America. Really? With uh, what do you got? With, well, this is, um, you know, this is a, this is an American story. Mm. Uh, this is okay. Uh, just like um, the little guy uh, working hard to mm-hmm. make uh, make him his 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 way in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is from the American Spirit Works. Right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, ASW okay. Distillery. Got it. Okay. They have a variety of products. Their head distiller is a, a beer guy from Athens, Georgia, who got in the whiskey making business. And um, the owners mm. are, uh, I believe at least one of them is a former uh, lawyer who quit the practice and started a, uh, <laughs> started a distillery, which is all too common. But they're great guys. They're right down the street. And they have created a single malt whiskey uh, by the name of Americanic. And that's pronounced from the Gaelic of Americana. Americanic. And this is the Maris Otter, which is named after the, uh, the, the, the malt that's used to make it. Okay. So this is a bourbon drinker's single malt. And it is delicious. Mm. It is... Uh, an amazing, amazing pour. Um, I believe it's in most parts of the country. If not, seek it out because these guys are bourbon nerds and whiskey nerds, and they're making scotches and peated scotches. and uh, And I like to support the hometown little guy and say Slancha. Yeah, here's to here's, Americanic. Here's here's to you. Here's to uh, Frank Sinatra. Here's to another birthday. For mm-hmm. the United States of America. Cheers. This is a great pour. I mean, really mm. great pour. It's unpeated. Mm-hmm. So you get you get a lot of the fruit. You get a lot of the um, malt, but it's not a heavy or young malt. Mm. It's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would make actually a really good dessert pour. But honestly, mm. if you're sitting outside on the patio, it's a great pour. Larry, I have to agree with you. I've, I've never tried this before, never. obviously. Yep. And um, yeah, these guys, uh, uh, is it called America Spirit Works? Atlanta Spirit Works? What is that? ASW. What is that? American mean? Spirit Works. American Spirit Works. Yeah. Okay, ASW. They go by ASW, but it's American Spirit Works. Okay. So right and, out of Atlanta here. And they have a they had a regular Americanic uh, single malt, and then this is the Maris Otter. Okay. Um, so it's under that header. So you can see at the top there's an eagle and a star. Oh, yeah. Very America. So this yeah. is an American whiskey. I mean, if, if you're talking about making whiskey in America, a single malt mm-hmm. in America, this is amongst, I'd, I'd say this is in the top 10 easily. Well, it's very tasty. Uh, it's bottled at 92 proof. Um, they've, this is a 2019 release. 
um, from from ASW Distillery, and it's a really nice bottle. And this yeah. this label, the Maris Otter, they've got uh, great we'll, art direction. Yeah, we'll get a photo of it. Um, you know, up on franklydrinking.com and if you're afraid, you know, most most people are afraid of scotch or single malt. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, oh, I don't like that stuff. Yeah. This this does not have any of the characteristics of that kind of thing. It's it's not bready. It's not malty. It's not peaty. It's again, it's a bourbon drinker's single malt. There's there's a couple of, of scotches that kind of fit this classification too. Mm-hmm. I'd say there's some Highland scotches that fit this characteristic, the unpeated mm-hmm. scotch, and yeah. so um, this is kind of in that same Highland whiskey style, uh, or you know sometimes a Speyside style. Uh, with a fruit, lot of, lots of fruit in Speyside. So you're getting a lot of that kind of characteristic. And so it's young, but it doesn't taste young. And it's, I mean, it's it's really great. Mm-hmm. And anybody I pour this for mm. can't believe that this is made right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And aged right here too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you on the fact that this is a, this is a whiskey that is, very accessible to bourbon drinkers, you know, Tennessee whiskey drinkers. It it's not a it, it doesn't have some of those you, you you mentioned some of the more, you know, the the distinctive Extremes. qualities of yeah. scotch. And there's this, no char either. And this is just this is just a really great whiskey, you know? Yeah. It's fantastic. They they really they they're really going to make a name for themselves. They've won a lot of uh double gold and gold medals at the San Francisco Spirit Awards. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they they know what they're doing and um, they have the patience and the I guess they have the money to do it too because they're 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 making a lot of product. There's a lot of product. They do a uh, an Irish whiskey, they do a peated uh, single malt or peated scotch kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. But um, their regular fiddler uh, bourbon is is an excellent excellent pour as well and they do a cast strength of that right. as well are there is resurgence one of their one yes of their resurgence lines? dry yep. yeah yeah yep. yeah tasty and so very yeah. good and so they've, mm-hmm. they've, they've been at first mm. they partnered with um a distillery a couple of distilleries i think one major one out of uh south carolina where they were buying some distillate mm-hmm. but now that they're making their own stuff you know they're really on their way to really making a name for themselves and i think they will because they've got a great product and again our direction and the, the marketing is is next for them Wow, fantastic! Great this, story. This is Just, great. You know, if you want to start a distillery, and you have the desire and drive to do it, there's lots of them going on and making a name for themselves right now. But you know, if you love it and want to do it, I think this is proof that you can make something of yourself. And the American dream. And and hey, you know, you'll be you'll be following in some some pretty good footsteps. Um, I, I think George Washington uh, made made some whiskey. Uh, the father of our country. He did. So. We discussed that on show number one, I think, with Michter's. <laughs> Not Michter's a- is, uh, <laughs> was uh, Washington's favorite spirit. <laughs> Definitely. Pennsylvania, you know, might be the first first uh, mass-consumed whiskey in the country. Oh, yes. Oh, man. This is, this is great, though. Uh, American Spirit Works, Maris Otter, Whiskey, single malt. Yeah, good stuff. So are we going to talk about some uh, some Frank music, Larry? Should we, uh, is that where we go from here? Yeah, I think, 
I think what really, and I'm setting up the next song a little bit for you to take yeah. over, but yeah, yeah. One thing that um, you know, I discovered with Frank is, and it's really through this song and just through reading about him and his, uh, you know, what he did for uh, anybody who was oppressed or anybody who was Hmm. um, spoken Mm -hmm. against and acted against. I mean, you know, he, you know, regardless of the era and Mm -hmm. the issues around him and Sammy and him and Count Basie and his impressions on stage and, and things that you could really nitpick and, you know, really attack but again uh as a frank fan you know you can't overlook those things but at the same time you look at really the heart of who he was Mm, and i think that this song and the fact that this song is really important to his catalog um is is really indicative of the man the man he was Mm -hmm. you know and and i don't know if he was always that way but he definitely for social justice and for things in the sixties, he was definitely, you know, on the, I think on the right side of history there. And so, mm, uh, no doubt. The, what's the name of this? The house that I live in, the house I live in, the house I live in. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got the title wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, which was recorded very early on the history of this song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the house I live in, uh, was, uh, actually a, a short film project that Sinatra got involved with um, in in 1945, and um, this song that we're going to hear was part of uh, this short film about ten about ten minutes long, and um, it was something that uh, Frank really believed in. It was the house I live in as a film presented. Uh, it was a story of um, young kids, you know, boys playing together. Uh, you know, maybe tweens. I don't know, but but kind of kids. Oh, they're like yeah, they're like twelve and 13, 12, yeah. 14, something yeah. like that. They're playing and like, typical and, kind um, of New York City uh, neighborhood, yeah, or alley even. I think yeah, and and they're they're giving one of the kids a hard time. They're teasing him. It's and and it happens to be an anti-Semitic message because they were teasing him um, because he he was Jewish, um, but. So this this film provided a, a it was just a great opportunity. Frank used it as a vehicle for, you know, for acceptance, kindness, you know, just common decency, yeah, um, towards your fellow man and your fellow American. And um, it was it was honored with a, a special uh, Academy Award, right? Um, His first one, yes. That that Frank Frank got for for doing this, for being one of the producers and stuff. Um, the song itself was written in um, 1943 uh, by Abel Maripol and Earl Robinson, and um, the 1964 version, uh, which we're going to hear. Uh, was arranged by Nelson Riddle for that same that same album that we talked about uh, the the Bing and Frank and uh, the Fred Waring orchestra or Fred Waring singers uh, the Pennsylvanians but um, yeah it's it's just it's one of those things it's a seminal thing where you know Frank Frank always believed in using his celebrity 
and trying to make a difference. And he did it a lot of times. And look, I'm not saying the guy was an angel. We know right. he wasn't. We sure. know we know he had his own foibles, just like just like we all do. But I, I will say, you know, he he got he got a lot of awards um, for his. Uh, for his activism, for the things that he tried to do for people, and, and well, the working humanitarian with people. work he alone, was, he was yeah. marching for civil rights. He was on absolutely he was on the right side uh, of that, and I know he was honored by um, by the NAACP and 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 other other black organizations, and he was incredibly proud of that, and um, you know certainly loved and respected. Um, immensely the black artist that he performed with, which yeah. he did so many times. And, um, you know, he would always talk about Ella Fitzgerald, about what an incredible artist she was, how he looked up to her. Um, and he, 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 um, he learned a lot from Billie Holiday and he would talk about that in terms of phrasing and the way Billie Holiday performed. I don't, I don't even think he knew Billie Holiday, but I think he, he would talk yeah. about her and, yeah. and, and her artistry. Um, and certainly he didn't shy away in, in any way from um, from working with um, some of the very best African-American uh, recording artists, whether it was um, Count Basie on, on numerous things with um, with Quincy Jones. Well, um, Q, yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. That's, um, that's a great relationship, too. You know, and with Duke Ellington, I mean, the list goes on. But oh yeah, well, and and, um, and he loves Sammy. Sammy was like a brother to him. I mean, Joe Gilberto, Gilberto, excuse me. You know, like the Hispanic artist. Sure. Um, you know, so it's yeah, yeah it's it's he, no surprise that the man he didn't co-opt styles. He incorporated these artists into a very tumultuous time in the early '60s. You know, I, I I only wish that he did more of that later. You know, I I feel like he moved away from it once he kind of retired. He was just kind of trying to stay relevant, and it would have been nice to see another you know record like that. Not because of the artist he was working with, but just because I think that would have been amazing. You know, I mean, L.A. is my lady is his return to work with Q, right? Right, Quincy so, Jones. Yeah, you know, so. a, a very nice single, but yeah. I think it, it's also it's very indicative of his belief, Frank's belief, um, you know, in in a country that is big enough and and strong enough and and accepting enough to bring to really bring people together, and because this is a great country, it's been a great country for a long time. We, can we get better? You bet. Yeah, that's what Frank thought. That's that's what I think. Um, I think that's what Larry thinks, and I know that's what Larry thinks too. Yeah. But, oh yeah. But well, let's let's take a listen yeah. to the to the house I live in from 1964. What is America 
house I live in, a plot of earth, a street, the grocer and the butcher, and the people that I meet, the children in the playground, the faces that I see, all races and religions, that's America to me. We interrupt this program with a message from the Oval Office. My fellow Americans, tonight I want to tell you about a new radio program, no podcast, that people are enjoying all across the Fruited Plain. This very special show, called Frankly Drinking, unites three songs by my old friend and fellow movie star Frank Sinatra, with two pours of American whiskey. While I personally don't drink anything stronger than soda pop, I listen every chance I get, whether I'm chopping wood at the ranch, pretending to watch Knott's Landing with Nancy, or traveling to Geneva to meet with Mikhail Gorbachev. Tonight, I urge all Americans to join me in tuning in to Frankly Drinking and doing your part to keep our nation a beacon of liberty and good taste around the globe. The howdy and the handshake, the air of feeling free, and the right to speak my mind now. That's America to me The things I see about me The big things and the small The little corner newsstand And the house a mile tall The wedding and the churchyard The laughter and the tears and the dream that's been a growing for a hundred and eighty years. A hundred and eighty years, evidently, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> the age of the country in 1961. Roughly, roughly yes. in 1964. Yes. Cue the fireworks sound effects uh, on the yeah. end of that one. Bring, bring, those, bring yeah. those back in. Yeah. Uh, so it's, wow. I mean, yeah. It's it's really it's really great, and this is the this is the later version. The early version is a little yeah. a little more intimate. I think this is, it's not as grandiose, mm. but uh, the meaning is still there. Yeah, I, I really I just think Frank Frank does such a nice job with this one, um, and that the 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 way that it builds up there, um, the the emotional. Um, high point that it reaches and the universal message um, that it that it sends about you know human dignity and about um, you know working together and um, just just about those things that that we have in common as Americans um, yeah it's very easy to bury yourself in your phone or your work or your circle of friends and family and not venture outside of that, you mm-hmm. know, to have a coworker who's a different religion 
much less a coworker who's a different race and not, or even a friend, you know, a distant friend, whatever. Yeah. If you have friends uh, where you are in your same circle, your same race, your same creed and religion, it's like just why why wouldn't you like why wouldn't you venture outside of that and have conversations and actually invite people into that circle and experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think that is um that's really to me, that's the American way. Yeah. Is is being welcoming and accepting um of of all of all types of people and and really just um having you know taking time to listen and understand um where people are coming from and uh like what's different now i mean obviously there's a lot of things different but like like ellis island you had italians jews italian jews french jews you know english jews like you had uh you know all sorts of races and people coming through this one place yeah and now that one place is us and why is that so hard to this day to for some people to accept you know post-war not only was this this movie and this little short film addressing anti-semitism i mean like you had a lot of uh a lot of derogatory terms towards italians you had a lot of you had a lot of gis who had different experiences in the war who were returning home and bringing lots of lots of struggle and lots of issues back home with them. I mean, obviously we, you know, having family members who fought in the war Mm -hmm. and so they're dragging things home with them. And, um, I'm not criticizing that. I'm just saying that permeated certain, you know, certain cultures or certain, uh, people's opinions of Europe or, or what they experienced overseas. Um, so it's weird to think that Americans, American born people mm-hmm. are are that people have issues with that you know much less anybody who has gone through the process of becoming citizens mm. in this country yeah you know and working their butts off in this country you know it's it's just it, it's it's un-american to me racism absolutely can't <laughs> can't argue with that that's, i mean i mean that's it just defies everything that is america right so right let's be better people yeah um no so uh for our uh, for our discover frank trek tonight we um we have a great song um which uh frank frank recorded um in in 1943 um, during obviously during World War II, um, it was it was written by um, the former Dorsey Band uh, guitarist Joe Bushkin. Oh wow! Okay, um, and a rocker um, and Jock DeVries and um, Crosby recorded it uh, with the Andrews Sisters um, in 1944. Um, it went on to be a number one hit. Uh, for Crosby and um, but uh, Frank's version was done um, in uh, 1943 it was an 
it was one of his early V discs, which these were this was a special line of records. Like they made special records to be uh, mailed overseas, sent overseas to to the servicemen, yeah, uh, and and service women um, in World War II, and. Did the V stand for like, victory? Is that what it was? Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. V? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. V for victory. Right. The V disc. Uh, and they sent a bunch of them um, over, and Frank Frank did a lot of recordings. There's a collection of Frank's um, V disc recordings, which are quite good, um, quite interesting, and really, um, in, in some ways, the orchestrations and the way they were recorded... Um, telegraphs a little bit toward the capital years, toward the future of where, you know, where Sinatra's going. Um, but this song, um, it was it was introduced on on Frank's CBS radio show, and then it was done um, for the V disc. And um, yeah, it. I I don't want to even say the name of it. We'll we'll say the name when we come back. Let's <laughs> let's play. Let's play this song, Larry. This is fun. All right, V Gates. <laughs> There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Yanks go marching in. I want to be there, boy, and spread some joy when they take old Berlin. There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Brooklyn boys begin to take the joint apart and tear it down when they take old Berlin. They're gonna start a row and show them how we paint the town back in Kokomo. They're gonna take a hike through Hitler's Reich and change his hile to what you know, Joe. There'll be a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Yanks go marching in. You could never keep them happy down on the farm after they take Berlin. All right. You know, <laughs> what's up, Joe? Is the American trace translation for V Gates in Germany? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love the usage of um, that vernacular language um, in this in this song. In terms of like, uh, they're gonna they're gonna tear the joint apart. He says the joint. Um, speaking of the town, and then you know they're gonna take a hike and um, uh, what you know, Joe. And then later on that that same lyric later on it says. Uh, we're gonna change his heil to give me some skin. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the later later right. verse uh, or give later chorus. Give me some skin. Nineteen forty three. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nineteen forty three. Um. And I think it's appropriate. You know, Fourth of July. Um. This this really this it's a great tribute to the greatest generation. Yeah. The generation that that went through. Um, the depression that that won World War II that that set a lot of the um, ground uh, the foundation for winning the Cold War and those those people um, you know my my great uncles um, 
who who went to the the garrison the garrison brothers who uh, my grandmother's brothers who were in World War Two. It seems what campaign um, were they in? Were they in that? Europe? Were they in Europe? Um, Uncle Pat was uh, in the Pacific. Yep, and um, he he fought he fought at Guadalcanal and and in the Philippines, and he would have he would have had to um, invade Japan, you yeah. know, if if the, there hadn't been uh, the atomic bomb. But right, um, I my uncle Dozier, my great uncle Dozier, he he fought in Europe. Um, Dozier Barnett. Yeah, and, my grandfather uh, was in was in Europe, and my great uncles were in the Pacific. Cotton, Cotton, and Northfleet. Mm. Northfleet was named after the Northfleet. Uh, we lost him this year, but Cotton's still alive. And uh, yeah, wow, they fought in the Pacific. But, but Big Ed, Big Ed fought in the uh, in the in the uh, campaign. He was actually behind the scenes. You know, came in behind mm-hmm. the supply lines in Europe. Poppy, and yeah, yeah. Big Ed, Elijah Dugald. Okay, Morris. Uh, he he came in uh, and he saw uh, the unmanned uh, Nazi jet uh, with his own eyes. Oh wow! Flew low right over the right, right over the tree line, and uh, if if he didn't see it, he was in the you know the group that saw it, and they 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 really you know mm-hmm. they really lost their minds at that point. <laughs> uh, but hey, so those. Those guys, um, yeah. they did they did something truly amazing, and 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 really claiming back um, Europe, seizing back Europe was an amazing accomplishment and and a price and a pricey accomplishment. Absolutely, uh, that, man. I mean, one that required tremendous sacrifice. You're um, talking about a generation of guys getting off a boat and not knowing what they're facing, and just seeing newsreels of Hitler and. You know, yeah, quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, but a but a great great performance on on that song by Frank and uh, one that the those V disc high high quality really those recordings the the recordings oh, they sound great the recordings hold up um, they really do it's uh, it's quite a thing so and peppy um, good peppy tunes. Peppy, um, yeah, not all of them. I mean, so there, there's some, there's some tear in your beer songs because I mean, yeah. geez, these guys are, you know, these guys are half a world away from their sweethearts, oh. their wives, their mamas, and um, yeah, there, there's some, there's some sad songs, but of course, there's, there's We're also, their buds. yeah, yeah, some, some good ones, some, some ones to get you a little fired up about. Oh, um, I'm fired up. Getting, uh, get taking Berlin. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of fired up, Larry, how, how oh, are we man. doing over there? <laughs> oh, we're, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. I'm, except for I'm out of uh, I'm out of the the whiskey and I'm on, onto the next. Oh, Maris Otter, I'm out of that too, man. That, yeah, I mean, it, it was that was a that pour was not uh, you know it was not it a giant small. pour. It wasn't a tiny pour. It was kind of in between. But I, I drank it all. So oh, yeah, what well, do we got next? Uh, we got a firecracker here to kick off the end of the show. Really. Yeah, okay. because you know we end every show with the end of the show we we do right. Jack Daniels. So <laughs> yeah, baby. Look, I just look. I just knows this, and yeah, um, he knows what it is. I know because what nothing, it is. Nothing says America better than cinnamon whiskey, 
And we got some Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire. We don't have Fireball. We got no. some Jack Daniels Jack Tennessee Daniels, Fire. Tennessee because Fire. It is frankly drinking, and we stick with Jack Daniels. That's instead right. Instead of Fireball, although that's a Sazerac product, and we won't be drinking that anytime soon. This is a <laughs> a 2014 release. I don't know. Jack Daniels Tennessee Fire oh. flavored whiskey. The most popular whiskey, you know, category is flavored whiskey. Really? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Fireball and other flavored whiskeys are super popular. So this is more of a shot uh, to America. Okay. Well, I'm gonna. I mean, it is American made, so I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and enjoy this. Let me just say, we got our, as our outro um, tonight. We've got um, uh, we've got a song. Uh, that was that was done for the sessions of the concert Sinatra, which uh, was an album on reprise that that Frank did um, in in 1963. Amazing record. Uh, it's it's a really cool record. Definitely recommend that album, Concert Sinatra, um, and it had the largest orchestra that Frank ever played with on a oh. studio recording. It's it's you can amazing. Hear it. Um, so we've we've got a song. You're gonna know the song. It's uh, it was written by uh, Catherine Lee Bates, um, music uh, by by Samuel Ward, and um, it was a bonus track on the reissue of of Concert Sinatra back in 2012. Um, and this this was arranged by uh, by a man that Frank always gave a military title to. Um, Admiral Nelson uh, Nelson Riddle <laughs> it was arranged by him and um, take take a listen and enjoy your fourth um, hey Larry Here, raise, let's raise a glass yeah to America nothing says fireworks like cinnamon whiskey in your mouth fireball and you've been listening to uh, to frankly drinking. Thank you so much. Have a great fourth, everybody. Have a great fourth, everybody. Happy birthday, America. Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesty. Above thy fruited plain America, America God shed his grace on thee And crown thy good with brotherhood From sea to shining